You're listening to the Baratrad podcast, giving you the latest news from Northern Europe without the filter of political correctness. Welcome to the second episode of the Baratrad podcast, uh, when uh, Scandinavian people try to speak English. <laughs> um, today, as, as usual, or as in the first episode, me, Don, and my colleague, Magnus. Yes, and as a guest here in the Berlin studio, we have um, a Dan- Danish politician and political activist, and well, let, let him introduce himself, um, Daniel Carlsen, or Daniel Carlsen. Um, welcome to the show, and please tell our listeners who you are. Thank you so much, Dan. I am uh, yeah a political activist for many years, as uh, you said, and uh, uh, for the last five years almost, I have been the leader of uh, Danskernes Parti. It's uh, Party of the Danes in English. Okay, and uh, what what kind of party is this uh, party of the Danes? Yeah, we are a nationalist party, and uh, we are now trying to uh, get signatures so we can run for uh, for a national election. So uh, we try to come into the parliament because we are like you know in opposition to uh, the current political parties, the old parties, and also what many people think are a nationalist party, the Danish People's Party. We are also you know trying to. Um, to get uh, their voters to uh, to uh, vote for a real nationalistic alternative. But what is the problem with the Danish People Party? I mean, we, we read uh, about new laws that are established. They are talking about... Uh, I mean, the, the d- debate climate in Denmark is, uh, is quite open when you look at the rest of Europe. So what is the problem with the, the Danish People Party? I mean, they are talking about um, uh, stopping uh, the immigration, doesn't they? And they talk about new, um, new ways to uh, make Denmark not so attractive for immigrants. So why, why are you needed as a party, do you think? Yeah, um, at least we could say that the newspapers in Denmark and in the rest of Europe uh, and the world are talking about that Danish People's Party wants these kind of things yeah. to stop immigration and so on. But uh, as a matter of fact, they have, uh, if we look at the history uh, for them as a party, they are uh, okay, a, a young but also an established party. They have existed for 20 years now. And uh, from 2001 until 2011, they were supporting the liberal conservative government in, uh, in Denmark. Uh, and uh, in that period of time, we had... Uh, there was uh, more than 83,000 people, uh, non-Western, non-European people who had their Danish citizenship and we had a, a record high uh, immigration in 2008 in the same period. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I must say to the listeners that uh, 83,000 uh, people is quite a lot in Denmark. We are a small country. We are 5.5 million inhabitants. Yeah. So it, it's quite a lot. And also they uh, they are not really you know into stopping the, uh, the immigration they talk about yes that we want to uh, that they want to uh, 
um, uh, have more restrictive laws mm-hmm. and they want to make things more difficult uh, for, uh, for example, asylum seekers yeah. and so on. But they don't want to stop the non-European immigration and they certainly do not want, and that's quite... Um, Uh, quite important today. Uh, they certainly do not want to repatriate yeah. the ones who are already here, and that's that's necessary today. Of I think course. so. We have so many. But are are they talking about? Uh, because this is also different between ethno nationalists and like cultural nationalists or counter jihadist nationalists or whatever. Are they talking about the ethnicity of the Danish people and the the European people, or are they cultural nationalists in the sense that yeah, everyone can be a Dane if they just adapt to us how how are their policies uh, versus uh, your party's policies policies that's indeed a very uh, important question magnus and uh, uh, they don't talk about ethnicity yeah. uh, not as a you know trade for uh, whether one or not is danish mm. um, and uh, that's uh, quite the 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 center of the problem i think that they don't recognize uh, the danish people as a uh, you know ethnic group mm. uh, and uh, that is uh, you know quite uh, problematic when you you need to have a immigration policy that uh, has to protect the danish uh, people and yeah. uh, uh, the european peoples in general and we of course i must say that we are uh, naturally as nationalists we are talking about ethnicity and we regard it as highly important to uh, to uh, to see uh, uh, or recognize that uh, that we are an ethnic group uh, and that we have an ethnic belonging that's yeah. very important okay but let's start then with establishing uh, denmark here because we have many international listeners who might not know you said you're about 5.5 5.7 million um, inhabitants But how many of them would you say are non-Danish uh, or non-European? Yeah, that's uh, quite problematic as well to uh, to give you a, a exact number. But we have official numbers at least, and the last uh, official numbers we have uh, uh, is that we have four hundred and fifty thousand non. Uh, actually not non-European but non-Western and mm. that is uh, quite a problematic definition because it also includes for example Ukra- uh, Ukraine as a, a non-Western country uh-huh. and, and so on but uh, that's the numbers we have uh, 450.000 uh, non-Westerners are living in Denmark uh, and that counts both immigrants and uh, the um, uh, the children of the, of the immigrants mm. uh, But we also know that, uh, for example, if uh, uh, if one of these immigrants get Danish citizenship and uh, then have a child, a, a complete immigrant child, for example, a Turkish uh, man who got Danish citizenship has a child with a Turkish woman uh, who has not Danish citizenship, then the child will automatically be counted as a Dane in the statistics. Uh, so we have uh, we don't know exactly how many. Uh, we only know we have at least. 450,000 uh, non-Westerners. That's the official numbers. We believe that we have uh, at least a double. Yeah. Uh, ar- around now, 900, 800, 900,000 is uh, the minimum we uh, we have in Denmark. We have seen in 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 Germany. We have suburbs like uh, Neukölln and Kreuzberg and others that are more or less Turkish or. Uh, so in Sweden we have those areas, also suburbs and and uh, the thing. And in France and England we see the same. Do you have this same problem in in Denmark with the, uh, some areas that are more or less uh, just immigrants living there? And how how is the uh, how is the situation with these things? 
Yes, indeed we have. Uh, and um, we have it in, I should say, all the the major cities in Denmark mm. uh, have such uh, ghettos uh, where there are almost only uh, non-Europeans living. They are primarily Muslims. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, the situation is uh, quite uh, severe there. Uh, we had a report uh, in 2011 uh, from a Danish newspaper, one of the biggest Danish newspapers, that said in all of these, in, in the big ghettos, at least in all of the big ghettos, is there some kind of a real law, uh, mm. uh, not only theoretical but also practiced. Mm. Uh, they have their own uh, juridical system, uh, and it it it's functions in, yeah. in, in these uh, areas. So it's it it, it has quite been. Uh, we have uh, really certain areas that has been quite taken over by uh, by these uh, by these immigrants. But I say because in Sweden, <clears throat> I don't know if we have it, but they don't report about it. But we have seen in I think in Frankfurt in Germany, Sharia police uh, with the uh, West. On and been out uh, trying to enforce this. We have seen it in in England. Um, also, these uh, Sharia police walking around and trying to get people from selling alcohol or whatever. And I know that I read that in in Denmark, you have had uh, radical Islamists who have taken over uh, housing areas and the the functions there and trying to. I mean, they they are they, they forbid people to have Christmas uh, decoration and so on. Is is this true? <laughs> first yeah. of all, yeah, this is true. We had, for example, a, a housing area. Um, I don't know which year it was. It's three or four years ago or something, uh, where uh, there was a, a new board elected in this uh, uh, this area, and uh, the local Muslims who were living there had put their own uh, board uh, yeah. there using the democratic system. Yeah, quite of smart of them um, and uh, then uh, they for example forbid uh, the the local inhabitants to uh, celebrate Christmas publicly in this uh, area yeah. uh, and that was uh, in appliance with the uh, with the rules, uh, for example, they forbid uh, that they normally they have this tradition to have a Christmas tree yeah. uh, outside in the in the area, and they forba- uh, uh, they uh, banned that. Uh, and mm. yeah, uh, we made a campaign there actually uh, right uh, after this uh, this this incident. Uh, so it, it is true, yeah. Mm. And we have also seen it in local football clubs that, um, like for example, Muslims are trying to take over the board uh, by the democratic ways um, uh, by democratic measures uh, and then they try to you know uh, implement uh, uh, Muslim uh, cultural Sharia laws and, mm. and so on in um, in small scale yeah. uh, but as I've told you we also see it in in a, uh, in larger scale for example in uh, in in areas where uh, there are only non uh, or only non-european uh, immig- uh, immigrants there mm. uh, they control the the area completely and it's uh, as we know from many European cities it's impossible for police uh, fire department and so on to to come into these yeah. areas yeah and, and how do you how do you feel that the Danish people are are they informed of this are they interested in this uh, because I have experience from Sweden of course but um, and that's interesting to talk to you about it because you're from Denmark and, and it's uh, our uh, brother nation but are they informed in another way because the media climate in Denmark are different mm-hmm. I think different from most of Europe at least yeah. because I mean, you yourself have been invited to debates with politicians. You have been on TV and debates and so on. But does this help anything? (laughs) 
Um, yeah, that's quite a good question. Uh, we certainly do have a, another debate climate in uh, in Denmark, uh, at least when you compare to Sweden, but also the rest of Europe. Yes, uh, and um, yeah, it's 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 difficult to say uh, if it if it helps or not. But um, I can I can feel you know I live in a in a small uh, small city uh, on the countryside, mm. uh, and uh, we have no immigrants there. And of course, it's uh, I have done it by purpose. Uh, I don't yeah. want my and my daughter to be raised in a community with a lot of immigrants mm. um uh, but you know these people out there yes they they read about things mm. in newspapers and they know how bad things are uh but you know they they live like they do yeah, outside it, it, it don't really concern them really no. i mean they don't see it every day they they're maybe the more interested in in, in uh, how can i lower my taxes mm. or How can we get better house prices on on houses and, and yes. so on? Uh, yes, and these kind or better better healthcare and and stuff like this. The most important project we have in my city, if you can call it that, it's quite small, uh, is that we have a new activity center. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there we are trying to build a new activity center and so on. Uh, of course, we can try to influence things there, but it's only important for uh, the citizens there because it's. You know, mm. yeah, we can do something to our community. Mm. Okay, what's happening uh, in our neighbor community <laughs> doesn't yeah, concern me. Uh, and and even you know, ten kilometers fr- uh, kilometers from where I live, uh, there is an asylum center. Mm. Uh, but it's still it's ten kilometers. Yeah. it's not far away, but it is far away, yeah. and that's the problem. Uh, people don't don't see things and. Yeah, I, I think it's quite problematic, and I think that's the common uh, common feeling among mm. people in general, also people who live in the cities, because maybe they see the immigrants and all the problems when they go down to the city, but in their apartment they yeah. are themselves, and that's that's quite a huge problem today. Okay, um, and now Denmark has come once again in the crosshair of international media and human <laughs> rights organizations and <laughs> what have you, because in, in January... Um, The, the Danish parliament passed a package of measures to deter refugees from seeking asylum, more or less. Uh, that's exactly that's at least how it was explained in, in mainstream media. Um, and uh, this was also criticized by, for example, Amnesty, which we could talk a lot about Amnesty, <laughs> the organization. <laughs> Amnesty International is, yeah, that's another discussion. Anyway, they are saying these uh, these new laws are violating international human rights, Uh, and uh, if we read, for example, from from Al Jazeera, um, there is comparison to to the Holocaust, um, <laughs> of course, uh, because what, what the one of the things in this package is that um, the the um, the government has the right to to confiscate uh, when when so-called asylum seekers come or refugees if they have cash exceeding um 10,000 kroner which is approximately 1,500 US dollars um then they have the right to confiscate this and also if they have other valuables um and and this they then then compare to the holocaust where the evil nazis were taking jewelry from the jews and uh, whatever and uh, i mean what what is this law all about hmm. Yes, what is this law all about? That that's a very good question. First of all, I must say not uh I won't not comment on the uh the you know content of the law at first because I think it's very important to see uh to speak about what is this law really about. And uh, not the content because that's really not so important, but the meaning. Why did the politicians do that? Uh and I think we uh that that's 
quite also a bit of the same discussion as we had before about the Danish People's Party. The newspapers are writing uh, things about them. They are calling them hostile towards immigrants. They are calling them racist even, and so on. I think that this law was implemented because they knew that this so-called shitstorm was coming mm. uh, from all of uh, all of Europe. Uh, every media is saying, oh, now we have a crisis in Denmark, our reputation, and what is that even, <laughs> is, uh, uh, is bad now in other countries. But But I think that the government in Denmark was very aware of that this was coming. Mm. Uh, of course they knew that. And uh, if they have meant anything with uh, uh, these uh, comparisons to uh, uh, to Holocaust and I don't know what, maybe that was also a part of the plan. You know, to get this uh, shitstorm because it... Uh, show it. It's really it's it's doing nothing, and I will coming uh, comment on that uh, in a moment. But uh, but it it shows that the government is doing something mm. to trying to prohibit uh, uh, to stop this uh, insane immigration that uh, every country in Europe are, are experiencing right now. Uh, so I think that was the purpose of the law. But if we have to com- uh, comment on the on the content, that is quite different because the uh, it's it's really not about. Uh, Uh, you know that the the Danish government are seizing jewelry. Yes, it uh, it is possible mm. uh, for the Danish authorities to seize jewelry and other valuable stuff uh, from uh, immigrants. But that's also possible uh, for the. Um, Uh, for the authorities to do from Danish people mm. when they need social help. So it's uh, in fact now it's like an equality law. So yeah. the uh, the immigrants, uh, the asylum seekers, and the the Danish uh, citizens are now uh, equal yeah. uh, mm. in terms of uh, that you need to you know sell your things before you can get social security. That's that's also the law for Danish citizens. Yeah, I mean this is this is the same in, in Sweden. When I was looking at this law and thinking about it. Uh, I I came to the same conclusion, but wait, I mean, the Danish law is that you can't take uh, valuables that are precious to you in the sense that you can't take wedding rings. Mm-hmm. That's that's not legal to do, yep. but everything that exceeds this uh, sum, uh, they can take. And in before Sweden, you can get welfare. Before you can get welfare, yep. yes. Mm. And in Sweden, if you have a house, for so to say, uh, that you have uh, that is valuable... Uh, If you have to go on social welfare, I think you have one month or something. You can have one month help, but if you have to have help more uh, a longer period, then you have to sell your house. Yeah. You have to sell your car. Uh, yeah, if if it's for example, if if you have a car worth like ten thousand US dollars, yes, you have to sell it, and you can then buy a car for thousand US yeah. dollars yeah. or something like that, because they would say that's too valuable. Um, sell it and and then we can help you. Yeah. So it's mm. the same as you say. It's an equality law, mm. and now then the left wing, of course, and other do-gooders are are arguing about this uh, and saying it's so horrible. Yeah, because, and I mean, how can they say this? Is it horrible if you come from Syria? So let's say you come from Syria, and you have a, a, a briefcase full of briefcase full of money. Mm. Why should you be able to take that briefcase, go into Denmark, have it in your closet, and then live on social welfare? I mean, that's fucked up, actually. Yeah, of course. So this is nothing special. This is nothing. 
not nothing to to argue about. I think. No, no, uh, but but uh, I I think still it's really uh, important to emphasize that I think that the government knew before yeah. that that this was something. It is not something to argue about. No, mm. but they knew that uh, there would be a lot of uh, uh, media attention on this. Of course, they knew, yeah. and uh, and I think that's the point. Yeah, uh, that's the point. You know, to uh, so they are sh- uh, portrayed as someone who do something, uh, maybe as evil. Uh, guys in the media but who cares yeah, about yeah, the media yeah. today uh it's uh it's you know yeah they they needed to be uh to be uh, portrayed as someone who yeah. do uh, do something against this uh, uh insanity that is going on with the uh, immigration and so on right now because um, isn't it so yeah. that denmark uh became a little bit of a transit country transit land also because we had the uh, the waves coming from hungary uh, from turkey and, and then the middle middle What do you call it? Medelhavet, Middle Sea. <laughs> I don't know the name of it. Mediterranean. Yes. Mediterranean, it yes. 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 Mediterranean. There it was. <laughs> This Uh-oh. is the second episode of Scandinavian speaking English. <laughs> Three men speaking English. Yeah, and, and the wave came up, and and many people had their sights out for Germany and Sweden pr- primarily because we said, yeah, come here, take everything. So Denmark got in between also. So we have seen that you got a lot of immigrants coming, but they also left uh, going to to Sweden. Yeah. But then Sweden now had to close the borders more or less, or or uh, having this ID checks, yes. <laughs> as they say now. Uh, and then we have seen that we have Danish, and this I think is fun. We have Danish uh, political activists who are smuggling. Um, yep. Foreigners from Denmark to Sweden. Yep. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is so interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, thank, you, thank you, Denmark. Yeah, thank you very much <laughs> for that. But uh, uh, do you think that this law is uh, a way for the da- Danish government to be non-attractive in that sense, so that okay, we can be a transit land. You can come here, but then you can go to Sweden, Finland, uh, wherever. But we don't want you to stay here, so we do this, uh, trying to be tough guys. In a sense, um, yes, I I I believe that uh, some of it, of course, is to uh, uh, to say to the immigrants that this uh, this country is not attractive for you. Yeah. Denmark is not attractive to you. Uh, but if they meant to do something, you know, to really do something, they would just say. Yeah, You cannot come here. Yeah, and I mean, uh, but but uh, but I I think really it's it's mostly about you know saying to uh, the people the voters yeah the voters. Uh, in Denmark that oh we are doing this so Denmark is not at, uh, not attractive yeah uh, for uh, uh, for asylum seekers uh, migrants who are coming here and so on uh, I I think that is the most important uh, for for them and uh, this with. You know, I, I think it's also problematic. This with uh, we have this discussion in in Denmark, and I guess you also have it in Sweden uh, about uh, what uh, should we do to uh, to let other uh, European yeah. countries yeah. take in uh, migrants. Yeah, a lot of Danish politicians are saying we don't want them here. Uh, the migrants. It's better they stay in Germany, mm. or it's better they go to Sweden. Yeah. But <laughs> I really think, from my point of view, it doesn't matter if they are in Denmark, in Sweden, or in Germany. No. It's It's all the same for me because sooner yeah, yeah, or later yeah, yeah. the borders it's impossible. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're the same people. We Europeans, yeah. and, and I mean, we are ashamed as uh, as Swedish uh, people, and I know Germans are ashamed about Merkel yeah. and our uh, um, uh, Statsminister. <laughs> Prime Minister. Prime Minister, yes, Stefan Löfven. Because they, both Löfven and Merkel, have been... Stefan Löfven in English, I think, is asshole. Yeah, I'm I think sure. it's... Yeah, asshole, <laughs> yeah. I think it is. 
Uh, and they have been talking about that we have to have quotas in Europe. Everybody should get their quotas on mm. this. And, and I mean, it's, it's shameful uh, and we have to work against this because, as you said, I mean, Europe is Europe and uh, Europe is ours. And also concerning these uh, new laws in Denmark and so on. I mean, the fact is that as, as long as it is better in uh, any European country than it is in Mogadishu or Djibouti or Afghanistan, they will come. I mean, they don't give a flying, uh, you know what, yeah. about uh, these laws or if it's because it's still better. It's yeah. still better than Djibouti, of course, and then yeah. they will come. We have 50 or 60 million people in the world who are looking more or less to the western parts of uh, of uh, uh, the western parts of Europe and, and also Americas, of course, mm. because it's better there than back uh, home in Afghanistan. So they will come anyways. Yeah, I, I, w- I want to say also that I really think also that Denmark some way sits on the solution to this problem. Yes. Um, because I'm looking up Denmark here and you have uh, something called Greenland. <laughs> it's, it's a very, very, very large area yeah. with only 66,000 people living there. Yeah. Mm. Couldn't like Denmark makes some kind of arrangement with the European Union that all refugee seekers can live on Greenland. Yeah, that would be a very very good idea. I would think that we wouldn't have any any asylum seekers. No, and Ameri- no. I mean uh, the US have a big uh, military base there. Yeah, uh, so they can uh, the Tula base I think it's called. Uh. So they could, uh, as they want to be the world police and so on, mm-hmm. then they can take the responsibility to Tule and 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 be as a base there for them. Yeah, that would be nice. But 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 actually, I think that's uh, the, what both of you are saying is is like uh, also what, um, describing very well what has happened, what is happening, but also what has happened, what is the phenomenon uh, of uh, 2015 uh, about all this uh, immigration thing. Because in the beginning, yes, of course, there was something about Syria. Some Syrians were coming. But we know from the EU figures that uh, only 20% of the migrants coming to Europe now are from uh, Syria. What has happened, what I think has happened, is that uh, people now know not that it's attractive to come to Europe but that they can come to Europe. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's not about, uh, is it attractive to come to Denmark or will they seize our jewelry? No, yeah. they are, of course, are yeah. they not thinking about that? You're totally right in that, uh, Magnus. But uh, they are uh, now, now they know that they can come to Europe mm. and therefore they are coming. Mm. And now we see uh, all the people from uh, the Middle East, uh, from uh, North Africa, partly also, uh, and soon we will have their families mm. and uh, after that we will begin to see the big immigration stream from Africa because yeah. their population uh, are, are doubled before what is it 2050 or something yeah. mm. uh, it, it's really uh, scary to think about but that is what happened uh, what yeah, is I happening? mean we also see now that Mr. Barack Hussein Obama the president of the America United States of America they are taking in also refugees um, yeah. to, to, to the US main Land. So they must be flying them in from Europe or from the the border parts. So this is uh, something that will happen all over the the white Western world. Yeah. I have one last thing to talk about uh, with you uh, about uh, Denmark, and this is something I find a little bit uh, uh, very interesting because in Sweden and in many countries, uh, the Hell's Angels motorcycle mo- motorcycle organization is considered to be a mafia or some kind of organized criminal criminals, but in Denmark they are <laughs> well they are regarded as that. yeah they are regarded <laughs> as that yeah. but they have also 
they, they are also known for taking political stances or talking about politics in a sense that we have never seen, I don't think, in any other country. And there are two examples of this. One is the Jackal Manifest that came out a couple of years ago yeah. when they were talking about the, the immigration uh, criminality in, De in Copenhagen, I think it was. And then we have, a, uh, quite recently, also that they, they took a stance saying that... Uh, uh, they, they made a press release saying that uh, uh, with a political analysis of the situation and the immigration and so on and so forth. And they talked about that the big problem is the um, the world powers that be, the military uh, complex and the politicians. Mm. I, I just want to know how what is... Uh, how is this possible? <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't understand this really. What is? Uh... No, it's um, yeah. It is qu quite strange. Uh, uh, I, I don't really know what the reactions to this is, but it is like that in Denmark. We have a uh, as we have already talked about another debate climate, mm. uh, and that is also you know inflicting on these uh, criminal groups uh, like uh, hills angels and and also um, um, you know gangs uh, with muslims and yeah. uh, and so on uh, they have um, uh, quite easier access to the to the mainstream media mm. than we see in other countries and uh, hills angels uh, i think they have found a way to use that yeah. uh, for example with uh, you know uh, taking part in these uh, discussions uh, and I think that they do it uh, and I, I think it's it's quite important also to you know analyze wh why are they doing it yeah. but I think it, they are doing it because they know that a lot of young people uh, people that they can attract maybe mm. uh, are feeling this you yeah. know they have this uh, uh, this uh, this f these feelings against what is happening in yeah. uh, in Denmark uh, and I think Therefore, it is important for them to do it to recruit uh, new uh, new people. Of course, uh, and of course, they also do it because they can have access to media. In uh, in Denmark, we have seen that they have even discussed with uh, elected politicians from the national yeah. parliament. That would be impossible, I think, in other countries. Yeah. That yeah. Uh, representatives from uh, such a group. But, but let's let's listen to what they actually said yeah. in this press release. Um, uh, they, they they start with explaining the situation and saying that many of their members find it alarming that so many refugees and migrants are coming to the country in such a short time and that this can contribute to clash of <coughs> cultures. They also write then, and this is the analysis that they make better than most politicians. They say, but with that that said, it isn't the refugees' fault that they have come here to seek a safe or better life. The many well-meaning residents should instead direct their anger towards the guilty in Europe's unfortunate situation. The politicians in Denmark and other EU countries, the USA and NATO's aggressive conduct in Syria and Libya, the European Union's trade barriers, the oil industry's misuse and poisoning of Africa's resources, and not least the global weapon industry's uh, insatiable thirst for new conflicts. Yeah, I, I mean, mean this is <laughs> yeah, that's one quite an impressive yeah. analysis. And <laughs> I also, I think why they are doing this, I, I maybe they don't uh, realize it themselves. But when we have discussed what is happening in Sweden and in Europe, we see the downfall of uh, the governments and the the social security systems and, and, and everything. And we have the influx of of. Um, uh, immigrants and we have their culture and their religions and so on and we were talking about this uh, me and Don in another show and we said that okay if I had to choose when the the uh, the, the police uh, w when they can't uphold the law and order and when we have these areas 
where would I would where would I want to live? Would I would I want to live uh, beside having Hells Angels as my neighbor, mm. or do I want the local mosque as my neighbor? Mm. I, for once, would like to have Hells Angels as my neighbor, yeah. not the mosque. And I think also that these organizations who are uh, stand up, they are strong, they are known to be able to handle themselves in different ways. They will. Uh, if this continues, they will take over as law and order keepers and, and upholders in these areas. Some areas you will have the local mosques, you will have the Salafists and so on. In other areas you will have these kind of organizations. Mm. Because when the police backs down, there will be a vacuum and this vacuum will be filled. And I also think that this is uh, one of these parts. And there I see that the nationalist community must be better to to uh, stand up and, and be this force to be reckoned with also. Yeah, yeah that, that's very important. And uh, I, that was also, you know, kind of the same what we saw in, uh, in in Sweden, but with more, yeah, I don't know how nationalist organized they was, these uh, um, uh, people who were out in the streets in, uh, in Stockholm. Yeah, but the vigilante. Yeah, uh, yeah. Civil, yeah. That, that uh, and I think it's important, you know, that we uh, we organize us in, uh, in, in different ways mm. and uh, on not only are focusing on, you know, we are a political party, yes, uh, but we are not considering that as, uh, you know, everything. Mm. Uh, it's not about parliamentarism for, uh, for us. Uh, we see it as a uh, as a one way to promote nationalism and yeah. one way to try to uh, sort out some of the problems. Yeah. Uh, we are also working, for example, with uh, with social uh, social help. Uh, we are making you know a Christmas aid project uh, mm. each uh, each year and so on. And we want to organize us in different levels. And I think it's very important for for nationalists uh, all over the world to to do that uh, to uh, to help people in different kind of ways to try to be represented in politics but uh, also and uh, that is very important to uh, to stand up where uh, when it's needed mm. uh, for uh, for our, uh, our countrymen that is very important mm. and with this we sum up the second episode of the Baritrad podcast please w- visit us at baritrad.com what does Baritrad mean magnus Baritrad means uh, on the barricade for the tradition this is what we uh, uh, what we are all about Yeah, and there you can find clothing, jewelry, books. Uh, there's actually an English book coming out really soon from yes. from you, Magnus. Yes, it is. It's uh, called Fortress Europe, and it's about what we have to do and what has happened in Europe. Right, Fortress, Fortress Europe. So, and you can already now uh, order it as an ebook from Amazon, for example. Uh, but it will soon be available on Baritrad.com as well. So, let's uh, round up this second episode of Baritrad.com. And uh, thank you very much, Daniel Carlsen, for being with us. Uh, if people are interested in your work, is there somehow to, to follow you online? Uh, I guess it's mostly in Danish, but... Mostly in Danish. Thank you, Dan. Uh, yes, I'm uh, I'm active on uh, Twitter and uh, and Facebook, and I have uh, both accounts in uh, in my name, Daniel Carlson, uh, and uh, it's possible to to follow me there. And of course, we also have our uh, party accounts uh, on uh, both Twitter and uh, and Facebook, and it's uh, possible to follow me and the party there. Okay, that's great. Once again, thank you for for joining us, and uh, we hope to have you back soon when something happens in Denmark. Thank you.